builders and uh, building, building, building the kingdom of God. We're all builders. We've discovered that. If you've been able to be with us, if you're new to, to uh, this series with us, uh, I'll uh, recap just a little bit. But I want to take you to a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want us to look at this together and just uh, point out a couple of things here. It says, but on the on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the walls of flame. Now, here's the thing that I do want to point out is that we're all builders. I pointed that out. I've, I've made mention of that, that we're all building something in our life, building families, building reputations, building influence, building finances, building businesses. We're building a, a variety of different things, hopefully building a, a godly legacy. Amen? And uh, just building a lot of different things in our life, and we're all builders. And, and the, the thing that we want to focus on in this series is building the local church, building the kingdom of God, and what God says about that. I think the enemy has uh, attacked uh, the importance of being a part of the body of Christ and being a functioning part of the local body and building the body. And so I just want to bring the word to it so that we can have faith to do what God has for us to do and in building the kingdom of God. And so Jesus was a builder. That was the first thing that we talked about is that Jesus was a builder. And he builds through the local church. He builds through the local body uh, uh, to build up the church. And so we're the body of Christ. If you're a believer of God, uh, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you're the body of Christ. When Jesus walked this earth, he did great miracles. Thank God for those miracles. But when he left this earth, he assigned that responsibility to you and I. And he says, you go out. You heal the sick. You cast out devils. You preach the gospel. You do these things. The things that I did here on this earth, you will do, and even greater things than these will you do. He says, I want you to do that. Why? Because you're my body here on this earth. Isn't that good news? That we're his body? And and I just want to just turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. It says, I beg you, lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Every one of us have been called by God to do what? To be his body here on this earth. If you go and you continue reading in verses, I believe, 11 and 12, you'll find out that our responsibility is to be the body of Christ doing his work. And so we're going we're gonna to dive in and we're going to find out what that looks like. Today, specifically, we're going to look at the life of Moses. Moses was a builder. And he built, he built a tabernacle for the presence of God. And I believe that the local church ought to be a, a building, a place. Not this kind of building, but we ought to be building a place for the presence of God. We did that this morning. And we got to experience the presence of God this morning where he's touched our lives and touched our hearts and touched us in a way that only he can do. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. So I want to turn your attention to uh, Exodus 25, and we're going to pick up there in verse 8. 
And we're going to look at this together. It says, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so that I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern that I will show you. Moses built a tabernacle for the presence of God, and so must we as a church. We need to build a place where God can come up, come in and show up and do what he wants to do in our lives. I remember the first time when I experienced the presence of God. Amazing. I was uh, probably about uh, a little over... Uh, had had about a little over uh, a case of beer in me when I first experienced the presence of God. Some of you know my 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 testimony. I was a bad alcoholic, and uh, and there was a a guy that befriended me purposely. He befriended me, and he kept asking me to church, and I kept telling him no, uh, not that kindly, but I kept telling him no, and uh, and then finally one day. Uh, I, I remember going to the golf course and trying to play golf, and man, I just had this, oh, I couldn't, I could not find any kind of ease, and I just kept drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. Now, now I know what it was. The Holy Spirit was drawing me to him, and so, uh, but I remember him calling me on a Sunday afternoon, and he says, hey, we're going to have, we're going to have church tonight. Back then, they had church on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday night. We had prayer on Tuesday. We had, uh, uh, small groups uh, during the week, and so we were always at church back in the day. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I said, and out of my mouth came okay. Could not believe it. It's like, where'd that come from? <laughs> and, and so I've always been a person of my word, even when I was a heathen, when I didn't know God, when I was a great sinner. And, uh, and so I followed through, and I went, to, I went to church that night. I continued to drink all day. I'd been on the golf course, I think, since 7 that morning, and that's, that's, that was my lifestyle. I just started drinking you know, in, in the morning, and I drank all day long. And, uh, and, so, and I remember when uh, worship took place and the preaching of the Word, there was just something, something different, and, and it was the presence of God. And I remember that night when the altar call was given that I went up and I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and my life was forever changed because of the presence of God. I didn't know anything about Christianity. I had no church background. I didn't know the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. We went back on Wednesday night, went to church, and I experienced the presence of God again. And they gave an altar call, and I went down again and said, yes, I want everything that you have for me, Jesus. I want everything. I didn't know that once you receive Christ in your life, you're born again. You become a new creature. You're, you know, you're born again. I still had problems in the flesh. I was still drinking. I, before church on Wednesday nights, I sucked, this Wednesday night, I sucked down two six-packs and then went to church. And, and, and God touched my life. That Friday, my brother and his pastor came down, and they prayed for me, and they said I needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that God will give me power when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, Christians, we're always to be filled. The Bible says to be being filled. It's a continuous thing. 
And I, I just needed the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And they said, if, if you will just receive him, he'll deliver you from alcohol, from drugs and nicotine. He'll deliver you from all of it. And once again, I remember when they were telling me the Spirit of God just came on me, the presence of God. And it's like I just started, I started to shake because I, I just wanted everything that he had for me. I'd never experienced such peace, such love, such presence like the presence of God. You know, you've, all of us have experienced people that just do something in our life. Maybe they're a very joyous, contagious person, and you just love being around them because of their presence. And some of you understand this. You get around somebody that's extremely negative, and their presence affects you too, but not necessarily in a good way. And it's like, I want to get out of here. Where's the door? But you can't because you're married to them. You, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and so, but the presence of God was so powerful. It was so powerful. And I just said, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. And he filled me and he delivered me. And I'm so grateful that there were some people that came into my life that built a tabernacle, built a church, built a place for God's presence to show up. And I'm here to tell you that's what our church is all about. It's about building a place for God to show up. So I want to just, I just want to share just three things of what it requires to, to build this kind of church that makes that kind of impact in people's lives. Number one, it takes you. It takes, it takes you. I, I, I think we have that up there. Just go on up ahead. It takes you. I skipped some things. Go on. I'll get back to it. It takes you. And so uh, it takes you to, to build that, that, that place, that, that place that God has for, uh, that God wants to do a work through. It takes you. And you and I are, are needed in the program of God. And, and I want to share scripture with you. And then, and then I'll get back and just share why. Just even more so why we need to build this church. That, that houses the presence of God. That facilitates the presence of God. That, that makes room for the presence of God. Why it's so important. But let me just share uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. It says, Come as li- living stones... And let let yourselves be used in building a spiritual temple. One translation says, a holy place for God, where you will serve as holy priests to offer spiritual and acceptable sacrifices to God. Another translation says, "From from your heart, through Jesus Christ. We are carriers of the presence of God. And too often, too many people don't realize that. And the presence of God makes a huge impact. And so I'm going to go back to Psalm 71 and I'm going to show you what it will do in, our, in, the, in, in the lives of people when we create or build a, a place, build a church where the presence of God can, can show up. Thank God God's always with us. But the, he, he doesn't want, and, and I'm grateful for that, and I know that. But that doesn't mean that we feel Him. Sometimes you might feel the presence of God, thank God, that uh, we know by faith that he's never going to leave us, never forsake us. Amen. But he also wants to manifest his presence. He wants to show up. 
And there's reasons why. Psalm 71 tells us this. Let's look at this. It's not on there, sorry. Psalm 16, that's why. Because I gave you the wrong one. How's that? Psalm 16. There. All right. Psalm 1611 says, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's three reasons why God wants his presence to show up. Number one is because he wants us to experience, he wants us to experience life. Definitely, he wants us to experience life. Two, the second thing is he wants us to experience the fullness of joy. And by the way, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. When we experience the joy of God because of the presence of God, the strength of God comes with it. You need strength in your life. You, I'm going to tell you where it comes from. It comes from the presence of God that produces the joy of God that produces the strength of God. Amen. And so we need the presence of God. Thirdly, pleasures every more. There's, there's not anything, anything is satisfying than the presence of God. Every day, there's two things that I pursue, why I pursue God every day. Every day I have a prayer time that I do not compromise. Some of you, you've been around, you know my prayer life. I have a a, a very disciplined prayer life. I don't compromise it. I never miss my prayer life. It's it's an appointment with God, and I've said this, and, and, and if you haven't heard it, that I never miss my appointment with God, because if I do, I know that it leads to disappointment. And the reason is, is because in God's presence is the fullness of joy and it's pleasures forevermore. There's nothing that pleases a human being like the presence of God. And the other thing that I look for and want to hear and experience is the voice of God. I've got to hear God every day. I've got to hear. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, we've got to know what God's saying. And so there's, I, I live for the presence and the voice of God. And thank God it's, it's, it's done a great work for me. I can say this 30 years, almost 30 years later, I'm still alcohol-free, drug-free, and nicotine-free. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that this isn't, uh, well, you don't know, because it ain't clear. Strong drink, man. (laughs) Horrible illustration. Sorry. (laughs) So what does it take to build this, this church for the presence of God? It takes you. And then it takes us. It takes us. He says that we're to be a part of a, a building a building of believers so that when people come in, especially those that are far from God, that are going through life not experiencing the pleasure of the presence of God that, that nothing compares with, not uh, able to and have not been experiencing the life of God or experiencing the, uh, the joy, that, the fullness of joy, we want them to come in and experience the presence of God, guys. And so what we want to do is we want to join together in making sure that we're all loving God with all of our heart, 
that we're seeking him with all of our heart. And I'm not talking about when we just come together. I'm talking about daily putting God first. Daily honoring God with, with, with all of your life. That's what, that's what helps. And then, and then coming together, knowing that you're a part of something bigger than just you. That we're doing this together so that lives can be powerfully impacted as my life has been impacted. For instance, we're, I, I've challenged all of us as a church to take 21 days and in these 21 days find as many people that you can find in each one of those 21 days and pray for them for just 21 seconds. Wow. And man, we, we, we're able to do this. Monday... My wife and I and James went to uh, the softball game, and and uh, and after the game, uh, we dropped James off, and and uh, there was a guy that was coming down the street. He's a homeless guy. He's been homeless the whole time we've been here for uh, twenty plus years, and and uh, and I, I yelled out his name, and and uh, opened, dropped my window, yelled out his name, and it's dark outside. It's nine, uh, close to nine o'clock, and he pulls around. And he didn't know who it was initially, and he saw me. Oh, pastor, good to see you. And then, and then he says, hey, today's my birthday. I'm 65. And he's riding his bike. And I said, hey, that is so cool. And he just, he's fixing to take off. Wait, wait, wait. Let me pray for you. I grabbed his hand, and I began to pray God's blessing over his life. Lord, that you would do something special, that the rest of his life would be extraordinary. And I don't remember exact prayer, but it was just prayed, Lord, that he would experience you and that his life would be changed. Listen, what if we all do that? Not only when we're out and about, but when we come in, that we, it's our prayer that, Lord, that you would show up and that you would saturate this place and that you would just flow from us and those that come in, man, I'm telling you, their lives are going to be powerfully impacted. Amen. Amen? So it takes, it takes us. And lastly, the last thing I'm going to, sh- uh, not last thing I'm going to share, but the last point. I have some sub points, by the way. If you're taking notes, you'll see it. But the last thing, it takes heart. It takes heart. A matter of fact, Scripture tells us that we can, we can honor God with our mouth, but our hearts be far from Him. And so I just want to share this with you and, and, uh, and, just, and just share Matthew, I mean, Jeremiah. Oh, gosh, never mind. Let me jump ahead. Let me find it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't know where it's at. Anyway, it's in the scripture. Uh, but it, it tells us that our, it's in Matthew's gospel. There it is. I, I know where it's at. Uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and verse 9, it says this. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. No, Matthew uh, 15, verse 8 and 9. I'm sorry. Matthew 15. Should be towards the end. My fault. I'm jumping all over, by the way. These guys are trying to keep up. Uh, th- these, people, these people show honor to me with their words, but their hearts are far from me. And then the next one says, their worship of me is worthless. Because their hearts aren't in it. 
They may be honoring me with some of their actions, with their mouth, but God's looking for a heart. And, and they brought up Matthew 5. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see the Lord. And the thing that I, I, I want you to understand is that God's attracted to right hearts. He's attracted to right hearts. We need to have the right heart towards God. And I'm just going to quickly share in ending today, I'm just going to quickly share with you because people's lives, need, they, people's lives matter. Don't you, don't you believe that they matter enough for you to be involved, for us to be involved, and our hearts to be involved so that they can experience the presence of God, so that they can experience the life of God and the joy of God and the pleasures of God in life? I think so. And so I just want to challenge us all to have that right heart that God's attracted to. And so I'm going to share real, real quick. Number one, the first type of heart we need to have is we need to have a hungry heart. A hungry heart. We need to hunger. Too many times we're not hungry for the, thing, for the presence of God in our life. Because we're too full with the world. Too full with other things. Too occupied and too filled with all kinds of other things taking place. Oh, I know this is an encouraging message. Amen. Say, yeah, go, preach. But Luke chapter 6, verse uh, 19 through 21, Jesus was preaching to the multitudes. And man, he was just, he was just, uh, just the, the flow of God, the spirit of God. And let me just say this real quick, because many people think just because Jesus was full of power, he had all power that any, he could go anywhere and do anything. I'm going to tell you, there was times where he couldn't. In Mark 10, the Bible says that there was a time where he was around his own people, his own family, and he couldn't do any mighty work there because of their disbelief and because uh, they didn't honor him. He says a prophet is not honored in his own house, in his own town, and among his own family. And so he couldn't do anything mighty there. But there was something about these people that were receiving from God and then he pointed it out, and I'm just going to point it out to you in Luke chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. It says, And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for the power went out from him and healed them all. Then he lifted up his eyes towards his disciples and said, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. If we will hunger, then we're going to experience the the, the infilling of God's presence. The presence of God in our lives. So he's attracted to hungry hearts. Are you hungry? Are you seeking after God and saying, God, I need your presence. And if you've not ever experienced the presence of God, oh my goodness, you are missing out. And today you need to start taking steps towards him. If you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. Second thing that we need to understand that God's attracted to Second type of heart is a humble heart. We need to come to God in humility, knowing that we need Him. I, I've said this in the past, the most arrogant heart that I think that anybody could have is, is a person that's not praying. Because they're really saying, I don't need God's help for life and ministry. We need to be praying. One of the reasons why we have this 21 days of prayer twice a year where we're just challenging our church to move forward is because we need to be reminded never to give up on our relationship in praying, praying to God. Because it's a, it's a statement of humility. God, I need you. I need you. I can't, I can't raise my, 
my children without you. I can't, I can't deal with this husband without you or this wife without you. I can't, I, can't, I can't make the right decisions at work without you. I can't navigate through life because life has some, some unexpected things that arise on occasion that I just can't do without you. And Lord, so I need your wisdom. Flood me with your wisdom today. Just work in my life. It's humility. Moses, the Bible says, was humble. It says in... Uh, Numbers 12.3, it says this. It says, now Moses was very humble, more humble than all the other people on the earth. He was humble. Next that we, thing that we need, and that kind of a heart that attracts us, is we need an honest heart. An honest heart. We just need to be real with God. He knows you don't have it all together. <laughs> Did you know that? You don't. <laughs> and, and, and if you think you have it all together, then, man, I'm telling you, you've got problems big time. And so we might as well just come clean with God and say, God, you know, I, here's what you get. If you, if you want to use it, I'm yours. Just take me, Lord. Take me. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, not only, not only is that, how can I say this without being critical? I can't. <laughs> it's, it's a very prideful thing to think that we got it together, one, and it's a very prideful thing to, 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 to not reveal it to God, two. We, we, we just need to let them know that we, we don't have it together. Here, here's a scripture that I want to share with you. Psalms uh, fifty one seventeen says, The sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentive heart, O God. He won't reject a repentive heart. Thank God. When we, when we blow it, we can go to God and He receives us. I remember the first time after just being born again for a very short time where I did a piece of stupid. And I remember how I just wept like a baby. It just broke my heart that I knew that I had done something that was hurtful to God's heart. And I just said, Lord, forgive me. Just forgive me. And I try to live my life like this. I'm not perfect, but one thing that I try to do is I try to be quick to repent. That when I fall short, when I blow it, that I immediately get up and dust off and say, Okay, Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me for being weak in this area or giving in to this, uh, at this moment. And I'm just going to pick up and I'm going I'm to go from here. And thank God he receives me. Amen? Because I'm honest. Be honest. Please take off. As a church, I try to create, and our team tries to create a transparent body where, you know, we all have issues. 
so that God can deal with them. Our small groups, that's what they're here for, so that we can get into relationship with one another, not so that we can be critical. Oh, my gosh. Don't, don't do that. You got stuff. You got stuff in your closet that hadn't come out yet. <laughs> that we just need to, we need to deal with it eventually. Don't get, we don't want to, we don't want to condone it, but we also don't want to, uh, we don't want we don't want to criticize it so that you don't bring it out so it doesn't get dealt with. We want to we want to help each other. Does that make sense? And so let me give you one more one more thing. We need an honoring heart, an honoring heart. And so you know God, he he I read it a while ago. He doesn't want us to just honor him with our lips, but honor him with all of our heart. And so let me give you some ways to honor God. How do we honor God? And I'm going to give these quickly. Number one, by being aware of his presence. Being aware of the presence of God. We just got to be aware of it. You know, there's times where I've been ignored. You ever been ignored? All the time. time. (laughs) Now you know he's just being honest, right? (laughs) Okay. I walked into that. I shouldn't ask the question if I didn't want the answer. So being aware. We just need to be aware of the presence of God. Guys, always be aware of God's presence in here. When we gather together, be aware that God's here. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. God is here with us. We need to understand that we need to understand that when we call upon the Lord, he hears us and he answers. But we've got to be acknowledging him, which is the next thing. Not only should we be aware, once we're aware of somebody, then we acknowledge them. Hey, it's good to see you. God, it's good to see you. We might be aware of somebody but never acknowledge them. Have you ever kind of maybe uh, was aware of somebody in a grocery store that you didn't want to talk to, so you went around to another... Uh, come on, has anybody ever done that? All right, you're caught, you're caught, you're caught. So you're aware of them, but you never acknowledge them. Right? Don't skirt around God. Be aware of Him, then acknowledge Him. God, I love you. And then thirdly, we need to... Be reverencing his presence. Reverencing him. Lord, we honor you. We're in your presence. We love you. Doesn't mean we can't have fun. Doesn't mean we can't be joyous. In his presence is the fullness of joy. We ought to be the most joyful ever. Ever, ever. When we come together as a body of believers. Amen? But let's also be honoring. Just loving him. And then fourthly, I'm going to just leave it with this. Be worshiping in his presence. God, we're going to put you first. We're going to love you. It's all about you, sir. It's all about you. And I believe if we do that, if we make it all about him and worship him, guess what he's going to do? He's going to inhabit this place. Let me find where it's at. I can't remember where it's at. I just got out of my notes. But it talks about God inhabiting the praises of his people. 
It is found in Psalm 22.3. It says, you are holy. Oops, sorry. I'm just throwing, I mean, I'm all over the page. I'm, no, no, Psalm 22.3, I think I have it up there. It says, you are holy, you who inhabit the praises of Israel, your people. God inhabits our praises. When we worship him, he shows up. Let's create, let's build a church for the presence of God. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you today.